my safety, sir. This entire mission is a serious misallocation of valuable military resources. Because I was inverted. All right, everyone, the red light is on and we are recording. This is Mark back for another episode of the Veteran Semi-Professional. So today's the interview episode where I'm interviewing someone about their career. Uh, so today we have a, a non-veteran on the show, but nonetheless, I like bringing people on who are doing something uh, you know, impactful and beneficial to the veteran community. So super pumped for today's guest, okay? So the whole point of this show is if you're someone who is considering getting out or maybe you recently transitioned and you're trying to figure out what do I do once I put my hands back in my pockets, grow my hair out and start wearing these things called civilian clothes. This is a show for you. So I talked to two people about the tools, tactics, and frameworks that they use for either, you know, their own uh, transition from the military, their own career, whatever it may be, all in an effort to help you. If you're trying to think, you know, think about getting out or get, getting out, ensuring that you and your family land on your feet and find success in post-military life. So Will, if you can take a minute and introduce yourself, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks again for having me on. Really looking forward to the conversation. Uh, my name is Will Highland. I'm the founder of Creep House Apparel. Uh, and we make bamboo socks and donate 20% of proceeds to end veteran homelessness and suicide. Uh, we work with a couple really amazing 501c3 charities and are just trying to help the veteran community and better the outcomes that a lot of veterans face when they leave the service and are trying to transition back into civilian life by uh, creating a product that we think is comfortable and invaluable. They're, they're made out of bamboo, so they're comfortable, soft, breathable, all that good stuff. So just trying to really uh, make the world a better place through socks. Awesome, man. Cool. What, t- t- tell us all like a little bit of your, your, your story. Like, how did you, like, where did you grow up? How did you kind of get into, uh, you know, eventually kind of get to the point where you're starting a, a company now. And then we'll also kind of dovetail that into, you know, why, why the veteran community? Yeah, absolutely. So my, my background is in uh, technology. I spent a number of years as a management consultant, which is, um, basically, a business consultant for large corporations to help them uh, tackle challenges, undergo transformations, um, and just really be like a third-party um, expert and consultant for large corporations, um, usually working with technology in some sort of way. Um, and then more recently transitioned into um, project manager role for another large technology company. So, you know, my professional background provided some really good insights into like building business cases and understanding how some of these large corporations function and, and profit and, and work. Um, and the goal is, you know, taking that skill set and applying it to something that uh, is a bit more meaningful and has a, a bigger you know, impact on uh, the world. And specifically the veteran community is something that uh, I'm very passionate about. Some of my family served uh, during World War II, and that's always had a big impression on me. And I think just being just a normal kind of everyday citizen, I'm very mindful of the fact that uh, freedom isn't free, it wasn't given to us, um, and lots of men and women had to sacrifice for us to get here. So that's just something ever since I've been a kid that I've felt strongly about. And uh, now that I have this skill set, and uh, I think you know, I have the capabilities and background to, to build this company. It's something that I've been working on for the past couple of years. 
Uh, and just this past August, we were able to to finally launch after a couple of years of product development. Uh, it took a long time to actually get the sock to where we wanted it to be. You would think it's a sock. How hard could it be? But it turns out it's more complicated than that. So that's kind of my background and, and why I started the company. Cool, man. Well, well, just because I know a lot of people on the show are uh, consulting is very much a path that a lot of a lot of people are thinking about post military. Can you just kind of share you know your experiences, good, bad, and ugly, um, from the consulting world? Because it's very much something a lot of veterans are thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good career for somebody that's trying to learn a lot in a short period of time. Because unlike a traditional like nine to five job, when you're in a consultant role, it's project-based. So you're always tackling a new client or a new business problem or a new industry. So you're always learning something new. And that's that's what I wanted to do. And that's why I really liked it. Um, so it's great in that sense because it's really kind of like an accelerated path. You get to get all these really strong experiences. And then you can either stay in that world and start to like sell business to clients and just continue your skill set and really build on that and become an expert. Or you could take that and go into private industry and land a large number of jobs, depending on, on what you're interested in. Um, so I think it's a really good career for someone that is interested in challenges, interested in learning new things, and interested in having a marketable skill set when they want to transition to whatever's next. And when did the, the entrepreneurial bug bite you? Like when you say, you know what, uh, I've had my enough of, of, of regular corporate America. I want to try and venture out and start my own thing. Yeah, I, it's a good question. Uh, I've always been kind of entrepreneurial, even <laughs> as a kid, um, just like the lemonade stand, like raking leaves, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I always kind of knew that it was what I wanted to do. And in the first few years of my professional career, I was always thinking of different business ideas. Um, I had this spreadsheet with like all these different ideas and some of them I had worked through in like a lot more detail, some less. So I sort of knew it was the path I was going um, while continuing to develop my professional career and, and try to leverage those skills in starting the business. Um, but I would say uh, about three years ago or so is when Ritas actually um, was started and I ran the financials. I made a business case for it, um, did all of that like research in the beginning, and it made sense. Um, I think there's a really large market. Everybody wears socks. Everybody loses socks, and you can never have too many. <laughs> so uh, I think it was, it was a good medium for um, having a, a large marketable audience, but also, you know, the margins are, are okay compared to other industries. and Basically, the vision is, you know, using that as a platform to uh, to facilitate donations to these charities and help veterans. Because at the end of the day, the the governments and private charities are doing their best, but they're ill-equipped for the challenges at hand that veterans face for homelessness and suicide and the underlying causes behind that. Yeah. So the goal is really to facilitate that through through private industry. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm totally on board with you on that one. I mean, you kind of mentioned it a little bit about why why socks. Like, you know, we all we, we all wear them every day. Uh, they're notorious for getting lost. I'm thinking of this this great cartoon. I think it was a non sequitur or maybe uh, a Far Side comic. 
and it was, you know, astronaut lands on Mars and they're on like the far side of Mars and like there's this giant pile of socks and he's like, NASA, yeah. I found the missing socks, right? Yeah, where did um, they all go? I mean, I don't know. Where did they all go? I have no idea. No idea. No one knows. Anyway, but I, I'm just kind of curious, like, like how did you land up on socks? Like we all also wear, you know, t-shirts. We all also, you know, use water bottles and everything. Like what was it? Or like, this is, you know, I think there's something here that I can, that can lean into. Yeah, it's, it's a couple things. Um, I've always... Uh, had like colorful, like funky, weird socks mm-hmm. in my professional career. Like I was, my sock drawer looks like a bag of Skittles. And so in just being in that mode and professional career and, and just going through a number of different offices, um, I sort of noticed that the dress attire of men has sort of shifted over the, over the past years in that, you know, very few people wear a tie anymore. Um, so socks have sort of transitioned into, um, just like a basic item, uh, commodity to now a lot of people really view it as like a fashion accessory. It's one of the the few items where if you're just wearing like a normal suit, you can really, you know, provide some like character and accessorize, um, and display some of that like personality. So I just always liked socks and always had like cool socks. Um, so that was part of it. The financials made sense, and just the like the universal marketing aspect as well made sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I had a good friend in the army who, so you know, for for everyone listening, right? Like, you know, when you're when you're in uniform, there's like very spe- specific regulations about kind of socks you can wear, you know, mm-hmm. color wise and everything, right? And I had this friend that was notorious for wearing colorful socks, and it was like. He was otherwise, you know, this like fantastic, very kind of by the book officer, but would always wear these crazy, ridiculous socks. And that was just like his little way to kind of stick it to the man and maintain like a little bit of personality. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I'm also like very much a fan of having, you know, kind of crazy socks. I'm either wearing like very boring black one ankle socks or I'm wearing kind of like ridiculous, not ridiculous, but like crazy colorful ones that stand out. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And like, you know, my jeans pop up a little bit. People are like, oh, more cool socks, man. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, so to- totally get that. Yeah, so you, you talked how it's like you know taking a couple of years just to like get through product development, which again, mm-hmm. you know, it's just socks. But yeah. l- 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 I, I know I know it's I know it's way more than that. But for like you know, everyone listening, maybe can you talk a little bit about you know what it's been like to go through you know developing a, a mm-hmm. physical product? I've had a lot of people on the show talking about software, and that's kind of its whole other you know bag of tricks, but creating a physical thing is, is a whole other can of worms. And so I'd be kind of curious like what that journey has been like. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a good question. Um, so just to give some, some context, the company was actually founded in February, 2020. Um, so right, right before COVID really like blew up the world. Um, so that had an impact on the supply chains and it impacted timing, um, the cost of materials by the time I actually bought them from when I first started looking was a completely different scenario. Um, But the actual process of finding a supplier, um, you know, took a while because I worked through um, a number of different suppliers, getting different samples from each of them, um, different material compositions. And it was sort of just like a widowing down of, you know, this supplier was uh, the product was good or their communication was good. Their reviews, whatever. Um, but then once I actually had this one supplier that I was favorable towards, um, it was more of a question of getting the product to the exact point where I wanted it to be. 
and for me, that meant a sock that is really stretchy. Uh, I wear a size 15 shoe. So I, Holy crap, man. You got some big feet. Yeah. yeah so like, <laughs> yeah. They, when I say they're stretchy, they, they are really stretchy. Yeah. They, they yeah, fit me, yeah. Um, and they fit my fiance, who's a size seven uh, woman's. So, you know, pet peeve of mine, like being a, a big guy, is just like socks that are not elastic enough. Yeah. Um, so getting a sock that's stretchy was one of my big design requirements. Uh, but also having it be really soft. Um, so they're made out of bamboo instead of cotton, which offers a lot of benefits. It's softer. It's more sustainable. It's antibacterial. It breathes better. So it has all these benefits. Um, but it's a little more complicated to, to work with because there's not as many bamboo socks out there. So getting like a thick, durable, bamboo, stretchy sock took a while. It took a lot of refinement, like just different different samples and tweaking it a little bit each time until I was at the point where I really thought that this is the product that fits the vision and, and we can take this to market. And it took way longer than I wanted it to. And it was way more expensive than I wanted it to be. But at the end of the day, it's better to launch late with a good product than early with a mediocre product. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree with that. How, how did you go finding suppliers? Because I think it's me, you know, when, when I hear people say like, you know, I was, shopping around for different fabrics or, uh, you know, trying to find the right person to manufacture X, Y, Z. It's like, okay, I, I kind of get, you know, the things I might be looking for as an entrepreneur in, you know, I want somebody who's timely, who's giving me, you know, the design feedback and everything. Mm-hmm. Those are sometimes just like that first step of, you know, I can go online and search for textile manufacturer or whatever, and I'm probably going to get a gazillion different companies. I'm just kind of curious what like that first filter was like for you. Yeah. So the, the first step for me was figuring out who uh, in America are the big sock manufacturers because um, I wanted to, to make them here. But after I you know, got all the suppliers and reached out, got all these quotes, looking at the financials of how much it would cost per unit and then factoring in the fact that 20% of proceeds are going to, to the charities. It wasn't a, it wasn't feasible basically um, because of the profit structure is, is set up in such a way that when we win, the charities win. Um, so that made me sad, but uh, I continued to source, you know, suppliers um, and basically took the same process, but looked at suppliers abroad um, and reached out to, to hundreds of them really. Um, to just get a baseline on different costs and help refine the requirements as well, kind of like throughout that process. So, you know, the short answer is just uh, getting a giant list <laughs> and, and messaging all of them. I'll also say for anyone out there, uh, previous podcast guest that I had, so Travis Rosbach, he was actually the, the founder of Hydro Flask. Uh, so n- not a not a veteran himself, um, but just super cool, interesting guy. and. You know, he's got a ton of contacts in, in manufacturing or anything. So he now runs a business called uh, I think it's called the Tumulo Group. If I'm if I'm I may have screwed that up, but anyway, his 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 podcast is back there in the show notes. We'll definitely have it for sure. And one of the things he tries to do is like help people through that kind of first step of like finding finding the supplier, finding the distributor, and everything. Just because like he's got a massive rolodex of those people. Um, so if you're interested, if this is like kind of resonating with you, I'd go back and listen to that episode with Travis and maybe maybe reach out to him. Super approachable guy, even though he sold like a $200 million company. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting for sure. 
Yeah. Um, so like talk, talk me through like your, your iteration process of like, okay, you know, maybe you, you get a sample back from the manufacturer. How much like back and forth did you have maybe with an individual manufacturer before you cut load and were like, you know what, this, this one's not going to cut it. Um, and then like, like, yeah, like what was like that iteration process with them? Like Mm -hmm. It, it varied, I would say like some, some of the suppliers I got a sock from and it was just like so bad. Like I couldn't even put it on my foot, which is fine. Cause like I'm very tall, but my fiance couldn't put it on her foot and she's small. Like, so some of them were just awful. And I'm sure a large part of that is because I, I don't have a background in manufacturing or, you know, in retail. So there's like, of course, a learning curve there, um, but you could, you could tell some of them, some of the samples were just, just so bad. Um, they didn't stretch enough or, um, they were too like thin, uh, you know, all socks really kind of end up breaking at one point, um, usually in the heel or the toe. Um, so throughout our, through our design process, we ended up adding Terry stitching. It's like really thick stitching to heel and the toe. Um, so it's extra thick, strong. So, you know, good for sports, but just durability, you know? Um, so the process was some samples were, so bad from the get-go that they didn't need refinement. Um, others from other suppliers we could tell were on the right path and maybe they needed some, some refinement here and there, uh, different composition of materials, you know, maybe more spandex or less bamboo, etc. Uh, different size of like cuffs around the, the ankle, things like that. Right. Um, so you could, you could tell some were good, some were bad. And it was just, going down the rabbit hole of the good ones and refining it really until we were at that point. We actually had to change the design at one point. Uh, the design we have in, in market right now is different than the initial design um, because it didn't, it didn't allow for that uh, elasticity and the stretchiness that we wanted because of the stitching pattern. So we, we modified the design a little bit and, uh, you know, that was a, a bit of a setback, but again, part of the process Fascinating. This is I, I, just, I like digging into all the, the the details, especially in like mm-hmm. developing a physical product, just because it's 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 tough and it's hard, and it's a lot of like you know literally like mailing things back and forth and everything, right? It's not like going on and you know getting a a, a no code tool or something and like crapping out some software or whatever, right? Yeah. It, it's a lot more to it. But I know like a lot of people out there have an idea for something and I just want to dig into all, all that. So I, I know you mentioned a little bit at the beginning of the show about like why 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 veterans, but I, I, I want to know like what was really kind of like the 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 vector that brought that in, especially like such an early stage where you like you started this thing with that being, you know, one of the purposes of like the, you know, one of the, one of the communities you wanted to to help out with. It wasn't like it came along elsewhere. Can you just you know, talk through that process a little bit, please? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's simple in a way. Um, you know, every, every day, 17 veterans commit suicide and 40,000 experience homelessness. And in a country as rich as ours that has the resources that, that we have, I don't think that should be happening. So, I mean, it really is kind of that simple. And I knew from the beginning that this is the first issue that I wanted to, to launch with. Um, eventually, I want to introduce more product lines with additional charities for other issues. There's no shortage of issues in this world that, that need help. Um, but I think the veteran 
one is just so glaringly obvious that it needs more more help and, and they need our support. And I was really lucky to be able to to partner with two really amazing charities, um, one of which Veterans Community Project uh, builds tiny homes for homeless veterans. No, oh, awesome, yeah. As well as gives them, um, you know, 360 degree support services and, and counseling and really gets them the help that they need at the time when they need it the most. Uh, and the other one, uh, Mission 22, uh, has a number of programs to stop veteran suicide through treating post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injuries, military sexual trauma, and a whole bunch of other really, really awesome programs. So, you know, I'm grateful to, to be able to support these two charities um, and that they were willing to, uh, you know, take a chance on some startup that no one's ever heard of. I'll also say you, you get a bunch of like huge gold stars from me for like using, uh, like you said, like post-traumatic stress, not post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, like you said that 17 versus sometimes like the 22 a day. I think I, I've mm-hmm. seen a bunch of research. It says like, it's not really 22 a day. I mean, 17, yeah. which is still it's like 17. Like a couple years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 17 still, you know, 17 too many, but like there's kind of a better number. So I'm like, I'm very impressed. Like you clearly have like done your homework in the, in this area and everything too, which is super cool. Um, well, awesome, man. I, I, I really appreciate I appreciate like you coming on the show to want to want to share all this and you know being willing to you know build a business around helping our community. I, I, I really I really thank you for that. So where where is the business now? Like are you you know if people are interested in going out and like finding these stocks, like are they commercially available? Yeah, so you can you can buy them on freethouseapparel.com, our website. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as well, freethouseapparel. You know, setting up, working on getting it on Amazon and a few other places. But, you know, right now it's um, primarily through, through our website. Um, actually, I have I have the socks here. I got to show them, you know. <laughs> oh, awesome. But, yeah. um, for, yeah. for those of you who are just listening right now, it's a really, really great packaging too. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're super cool looking socks. Fantastic. <clears throat> well, hey, Matt. Uh, so in a minute, I'm going to pass it back over to you. Just provide any kind of like last thoughts parting shots for the crowd. But before we do is a question I always ask my guests. And so for my, my veteran guests, I always ask them, what was their favorite and or least favorite chow hall in the military? And for my non-veteran guests, and I think this would be especially uh, applicable because I know you're a consultant and you all travel a whole bunch, but was your favorite and or least favorite airport to fly through? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say my favorite was Raleigh Durham. Uh, oh, awesome. A little yeah. RDU. Yeah. It was a really, yeah. really good airport. I, I flew down there for every week for about a year or so out of, out of Philadelphia uh, when I was on a project down there. Uh, it's a great airport. It was, it's small, but accessible. They get a good amount of like bars and restaurants and it's always fast. You, you're never waiting around. Um, and I just love, I love that area. Uh, it's a really, really cool part of the country and a lot of good people. So I always like going there. Uh, you get you get another gold star. I was you know I was based out of Fort Bragg for seven years, and okay. so and my family lives in the Triangle, mm-hmm. and so I flew I've flown out of RDU you know dozens and dozens okay. of times. So yeah, you know uh, you know <laughs> yeah yeah and, and I, I echo everything you said. It, it, it's a very it's a great airport to travel through. Like it's got all the things you want, not like too much. It's never like crazy crowded. You kind of always go through pretty easily, and it's got like you know good flights to everywhere and everything. And then I love the Triangle too. It's an awesome area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's where I was working. Yeah. 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 Well, Will, appreciate you coming on the show today. Really appreciate your time. Uh, and just one last time, if people want to find out more about the business, where can they go? Uh, yeah. You can go to caritasapparel.com. Uh, check us out. 
Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for your time. We'll appreciate your, uh, appreciate your time and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Take care.